You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might get what you need. Just might. So here, here's a question. What do you want? You know, Jesus uh, said this in John 10.10. 10. He says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, I have come in order that you might have life, life in all of its what? See, a, a fully satisfied life is possible in God's kingdom. You, the fact is, you have desires, you have deep desires in your life, you have God-given desires. And so you should consider what Jesus said in the next verse. He says, uh, have faith in me, and you will have life-giving water flowing from deep inside you, just as the scriptures say, flowing from deep inside. The, in, the, in the Greek, this has the idea of flowing out of the belly, flowing out of your very core uh, of your being. It's the sense of your desires inside you. You know, that that is the living water that, it, that is in us. And that kind of energy, that kind of uh, life-giving source, that kind of power is available to you and me through Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask again, what do you want? Because it is a question of desire in life. And it's interesting, like this morning, as you were singing, for some of you, you're worshiping God, and uh, there, there'll be a song that kind of draws you to God, and, and you find yourself wanting God in, in that moment. And, and so, as you're singing the words, like the, this morning we uh, sang, because we have all we need in you, and all we need is you, all we need is you, and I believe there are times when we sing that, we really, really mean it in our lives. Your, your heart's drawn to God. Because in that moment, for just a moment, you kind of fix on that. And you think, I really want you, God. But the fact is, we also want other things, don't we? I was thinking the fact is, I want other things. You know, uh, sometimes I, I want great pizza. I want the Pittsburgh Pirates to win the World Series again. Yeah, good luck, right? <laughs> I wanted the Penguins to win. That one's already passed. But uh, I mean, I want to achieve certain goals in my life. I want to laugh and enjoy life. And so I find myself from time to time, I, I want this or that. And so there's this tension that exists. I want God. I, I really do. I want to give God my ultimate devotion, but there's a tension. What do you want? It's a question. And the fact is, it raises questions for me. I mean, is it, is it okay to desire other things than God? Is it? I mean, part of, part of God's greatness, I, I believe, is that God's not an egomaniac. God, God's goodness spills out on everything that he's created. 
You know, the fact is, God loves it when, when you find joy in the things that he's created, the things that he's given to you, that you enjoy it, and it brings that deep joy in your life. But, but here's the challenge, getting your desires in the right order. Desiring things and, and wanting things in the right way, to the right degree in your life. The fact is, there are times you need to learn to say no. You know, to say no to any desire that could interfere with you following God, with you pleasing God in your life. And desire's been an issue since the beginning of time, hasn't it? You know, the, the first sin, it's recorded in Genesis 3, 6. It says, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good, for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. See, Satan had lied to her about that. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. See, the desire to to eat fruit, I mean, that's a good thing. You know, the fact is it's a healthy thing, but not this fruit. God said, no, hands off. What do you want? See, our our culture believes that life is about satisfying your desires. I I call it the uh, cookie monster uh, kind of mentality. More cookies, you know. It's It's that philosophy that says, I am a collection of all these appetites and I, I, should, I should fulfill them. You know, I should gratify them in my life. And so you got this end of the spectrum that says that's what life's about. You've also got the other extreme, and I believe it's a distorted spirituality that says the goal is to eliminate desires in your life. Why? So, so you won't sin. Hmm. So the goal is to eliminate or to satisfy. We've got these extremes. Do, do you know what world religion says our goal is to eliminate desire? Buddhism. And I, I find it kind of ironic because every statue I've ever seen of Buddha looks like he loved cookies to me. I mean... <laughs> Seriously. (laughs) The wrong desires get people in trouble. And so how do you deal with this wanting in your life? You know, if I want to be spiritual, I have to avoid sin. And so I need to eliminate desire altogether. You know, if I I just don't want money, if I just don't want power or sex or pleasure or food, as long as I don't want any of that stuff, I can be spiritual and I won't sin. But it isn't possible. It does not work. And I will tell you, it's not God's plan for your life. In fact, it goes totally against it. See, the goal... It is not to gratify your desires. That's not the goal of life. 
But the goal also is not to eliminate our desires. It's about transforming our desires. Getting our desires set right, so to speak. You know, the psalmist says, the eyes of all look to you. And you give them their food in due season. You open your hands, satisfying the desire of every living thing. Desire of every living thing. You know, you go down a couple verses and it says, He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. God wants to satisfy our desires. Desires are part of creation. You and I were made to have desires. Now, I want to be very clear here because I don't want to be, uh, you know, misunderstood or misquoted. I am not saying that whatever you desire, God wants to satisfy. The fact is, I'm fully aware, you, you can't always get what you want, nor should you. But some of the things that, that you want, the reason why they shouldn't be is because they'll mess you up. And we all know this to, to some degree. The fact is our wants have to be purified, have to be cleaned, maybe retrained, you might say. But I was thinking about this this week. What if God's plan, every time you experience authentic desire, God-planted desire, what if every time you wanted something, God wanted to fulfill it. God-given desire. God-given desire. When, when that is satisfied, it fills you with gratitude. It enhances your joy in life. It always moves you closer to God. It's why the writer of Proverbs says this, says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Desire fulfilled, I believe, brings life. And so I want to ask you some different questions this morning. What one thing do you want from God? Think about that. What's one thing? You know, take the lid off your expectations. Don't be guarded or safe. If you knew that God would give you whatever it is that you want, what would you want? What is it? See, David, David's described as a man after God's own heart. And David had deep desire. For one thing, he writes this, he says, I've asked the Lord for one thing. He wants us to get this. One thing only do I want. To live in the Lord's house all my life. And to marvel there at his goodness. And to ask for his guidance. David says, if I could ask for one thing, I want to live in God's presence with my life. I mean, what one thing 
do you desire from God? What is it? You got it? You know, for, for some, maybe you're considering the possibilities right now. I know there's some that would go, you know, my, my heart's kind of beaten for, for somebody that I love, but they're not a Christ follower. And so that, that one thing that, that I want more than anything is, is for God to use me or use someone to help them take a step of faith to bring them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, that's that one thing that you want. You know, for some, uh, some are struggling with addictions, some stronghold in life. And the fact is, you know it's destroying you. It's keeping you from experiencing the full life that Jesus Christ promised. And so you're thinking, you know, God, more than anything, I want the strength of your Holy Spirit so that I can overcome this. You know, for some, it's marriage. You know, it's not where you want it to be in life. And so that one thing that you want more than anything is for God to bring healing to your marriage. And you may be tempted to ask God to change your spouse. That may be what you want. But it's not what you need. It's not what you need. You need God to change your heart. Then God can heal the marriage. You know, for some of you, it's the, something that it's, you've been promising yourself and your family for, for years. You know, one of these days we're going to slow down in our lives. You know, one of these days I'm going to, I'm going to. And you've been running hard. And what's happened is days have turned into years. And in your mind, you're going, you know, I want to slow down. I've got to slow down. I want to start enjoying things and people in my life. I want a new rhythm. God, please let me let go of this world's consuming rhythm. And what's the one thing that you want from God today? What is it? Here's a second question. When it, when it comes to your spiritual life, your relationship with Jesus Christ, what one thing do you lack? Interesting way to get at it, isn't it? You know, the Gospel of Mark, it records this very interesting conversation between Jesus and the rich young ruler. I've always loved this story. And... You know, Jesus, uh, this young man approaches him and is like, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, well, for starters, obey the commandments. Let's talk about the Ten Commandments, by the way. This guy real proudly declares, he goes, check, done that? I'm good on that one. Check, 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 check. Yeah, I'm good all the way around on these. And so Jesus looks through his outward appearance and what he's saying. And Jesus looks at this young man's heart, and he sees the problem here. And Jesus says something that was never recorded before in Scripture. But it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, go sell everything you have. 
give to the poor. You'll have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. See, that one thing was standing in his way. From him completely following Jesus. It was one thing that, that was hindering him. And Jesus says, go sell it all. Cash out, man, and follow me. Scripture says, and the young man's face fell, and he went away sad. Can you feel that? Because he had great wealth. He wasn't willing to let go of it. See, Jesus showed him the one thing that he lacked, but he's unwilling to let go of that one thing. I mean, that one thing that, that would have benefited him in his spiritual life, but he couldn't do it. You know, that, that one thing that would have made ever, all the difference. And, and here, here's what I know. God's been showing some of you for a while, maybe, maybe years, that one thing, that one thing that you lack, that one thing that, that you need to, to do, that one thing that, that would benefit, and you just keep deferring pushing it off disobedient what is that one thing what is it that, that, that you need to do you know a while back I, I was talking to to a guy and he uh, was telling me how close he had been to God at one point but how far away he felt now that, that just things weren't going right and he, he started just running a list of problems that he was dealing with and after a little while he kind of paused he was wanting me to respond and I said what are you doing different you know what is it what are you, what are you doing that you're not doing anymore you know what what is it that that you're not doing in your life that you used to do. And so he, he kind of waited and thought and thought. He goes, well, you know, I used to get up every morning and read my Bible. But I've kind of grown out of it. And I thought growing's a very curious word to use at that point. You see... For this guy, this is my point, this might be the one thing. This might be the one thing that, that could totally transform his life, that could change the trajectory of things. That one thing. You know, some, some of you have been part of Faith Fellowship for a long time. And you still haven't built any friendships, any real close friendships anyway. I mean, maybe, maybe it's time you start serving on a team. Why? Well, because you can build relationships there. You can find support. You can find accountability. You can find encouragement in life. I mean, maybe it's the one thing that will allow you to grow, that will allow you to move forward spiritually in your life. One thing. You know, some of you have been wrestling with giving the tithe. You know, giving God that first 10%, the, the first and the best. 
And I know how this goes. You fight and you fight and you think, ah, just can't, just can't, just can't. You keep putting it off. But maybe it's the one thing that would start getting your life on track. You know, God's whispering. You going to believe me or not? You going to trust me or not? You know, for some of you, you keep drifting into sin. It's the same sin over and over and over. And you know, you know it's devouring you inside. And you know you need someone to hold you accountable. I mean, what's the one thing that you lack in your life, in your spiritual life? What's the one thing that's keeping you from moving forward in your faith? Here's another question. What's the one thing you got to let go of? What, what's the one thing that is keeping you from being who God created you to be, called you to be? You know, the Apostle Paul, he, he longed to know Jesus. Not about Jesus. He wanted to know Jesus. Big difference here. He writes these words in Philippians. He says, Beloved, I do not consider that I've made it on my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. One decision. One thing. Forget what's behind and strain forward to what's ahead. To the future, God-given future. And I'm not sure what Paul was letting go of. I have some hunches. I mean, it could have been that he needed to let go of guilt that he had in his life from persecuting and murdering Christians before he became a Christian. It could have been resentment for being beaten, imprisoned all those times all that that he had to endure. But whatever it was, he says, I gotta let it go. Gotta move forward in my life. You know, when I was in uh, eighth grade, um, we got to tour a circus. And uh, for young ones, that's where you got animals and clowns and stuff like this. And uh, But it, we got a behind-the-scenes look with kind of hands-on experience and so we would go to a station in, in the ring and they would talk about certain things and then they would pick pick a volunteer to be a part of what they just got done talking about every time man I'm, my hands up I'm gonna I want to be in the circus man and I finally got picked tightrope walker now I had visions of me you know, just getting across quickly. They brought the ropes down 20 feet, somewhere around there. It was considered practice height. They tethered us, and then there's a net, of course, uh, underneath. I climbed the ladder. It was on a pole. I got to the top, and the guy at the top, he, he's uh, kind of giving me instructions about what to do, and he asked me to take his hand, I, I love my new friend, this Mr. Pole here. I'm going to hold on, not letting go. He goes, don't look down. Quit looking down. 
And when you get out here, don't look back. Focus on the other side. Focus on where you're going. He finally, it took a little while. I, I have to admit, uh, it took a little while, but I finally let go of the pole. And I got out there. First step, natural instinct took over. Guess what I did? I looked down, <laughs> and I fell, and I hit the net. <laughs> My career in the circus, I, I just saw it disappear in a moment. Hmm. Christ followers. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of your faith. Some of you are not moving forward in your life. Some of you are not where God wants you to be because you're holding on to something. You know, holding on to something in your past. And the only thing I want to tell you today is let go. You know, I am convinced one, one of the biggest relational hurdles is someone hurts you so you want to hurt them and you want to punish them and you're dealing with unforgiveness and bitterness and you refuse to let go of it and God's whispering I want you to do do this just let it go I want to do something new in your life forget the past dump it and look forward to the future God-given future you know, some of you uh, failed at something, and you're holding on to it. You're internalizing it. It goes through your mind all the time. And, and somehow you wrongly believe that because you failed at some point, you're a failure. Let it go. Quit living in the pain. Quit living in the past. Life is too short. You know, some of you need to ask for forgiveness and just move on. You need to take a faith risk in your life and allow God to show you a God-given future. What one thing do you need to let go of today? One more question. What one promise, promise from God, do you need to claim today? You know, David, uh, before he was king, he was a young teen. And he was anointed by, by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. David seemed like a very unlikely choice. But God looked at his heart. And so God promised David, remember, as a teenager, promised him, he says, you will be the next king. David experienced a lot of difficulties from that point till he became king. Before that promise was realized, he'd take one step forward and then about two backwards. It's very interesting as you read his history. David would have a victory. And then he would experience a devastating defeat in his life. David could have given up. I mean, things weren't coming together. didn't even look close. And David kind of assesses this. And he says, you know, there's so many things that are not going right. Seems like the forces are working against me here. 
But this I know. God is on my side. I praise God for what he has promised. Yes. See, I think David, he's wanting to, he's wanting to grab onto this. He says, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. He says it again. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I may not see it yet, Lord, but I'm trusting your promise. And the fact is, God has promised some of you. You, you believed that God has shown you some future, a vision of a future, but it's not coming about. It's not coming about the way you thought it was going to come about. You know, some of you are thinking, where, where are you, God? I'm going backwards. Friends, you need to hold on to that promise. It will sustain you. It will keep you moving forward in your life. You know, here, here's a promise that many times when I'm kind of overwhelmed in life, when I'm not sure which way to go in my life, when I, when I feel weak and insufficient and inadequate, I'll turn to this, the Psalms 18. God, God's arms me with strength. And he makes my way what? Perfect. Makes perfect. It's a promise that I've come to understand that God will sustain me. He'll sustain you in your life. You know, whatever, whatever you're struggling with, wherever you are right now, God has a promise, and you need to cling to that promise. You need to claim that promise. You need to trust God for whatever it is in your life. And so maybe, maybe one of these promises will capture your heart. You know, maybe, maybe you're hurting right now, and things are out of control. You know, maybe you're afraid Paul writes this, he says, And my God will fully satisfy every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, maybe, maybe you're losing a battle with sin today. You know, you've got to claim, claim this promise. He says, And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. You can overcome whatever it is. You can stand strong. God will show you a way out. That's a promise from God. You know, maybe you're hurting today and the weight of your past, you know, some, something in, the, in your background, you go, man, I am just, it is too heavy. It's too tremendous to carry. You know, you think, I, I, I did it. I did it. I shouldn't have, but I did it. Or I, I should have stepped up, but I didn't. I am so ashamed of that. Friends, every time you think about it, it's gut-wrenching in your life. Friends, ask God for forgiveness. And if you have, it is forgiven. You need to claim that promise. You know, Micah seven nineteen says, You will be merciful to us once again. You will trample our sins underfoot and send them to the what? Bottom of the sea. Put them so deep you'll never find them. I mean, anybody need this promise? We know that all things, all things, all things, everything 
whatever it is, work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. What promise, what promise do you need? What promise do you need to cling to? So one more time, what's one thing you want from God today? One thing. You know, what's, what's one thing that you lack in your spiritual life? What's that one thing you need to let go of? What promise from God do you need to cling to? And if you're not sure, you're like, well, none of those promises. Just go online and look up promises from God. I mean, there's a boatload of them in Scripture. Boatload of them. See, here, here's what I know. You may not get exactly what you want. But if you try, and you're with God, you'll get exactly what you need. It's how God works. How God works. Let's stand for a word of prayer today. Our holy God, God, we praise you today. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just stir that we would articulate to you, God, what it is we desire. God, help us to keep those things we want in check. Help us above everything to seek you. And God, I pray that... Uh, whatever that one thing is spiritually that we've been putting off, that you would just nag us till we take that step. And I know there's some here today that there's something they need to let go of. It's destroying them. It's keeping them from experiencing that full life that you promised. And God, I pray today they just throw it down at your feet and give it up. God, you created fearfully and wonderfully every single person here. God, I pray that we would honor you with all that we say and do. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God's people said, let's worship.